Okay. Um, hello to whoever's listening. Um, this is my podcast, Hey Alexa, Am I Dying? I'm going to be releasing episodes about once a month. Each episode is going to have its own disease that I'm going to be talking about. The disease will most likely be something that is very, very deadly. So that's where the title comes from, Am I Dying? Don't worry, it's not as morbid as it sounds. And I'm going to put a disclaimer right here. I am not a healthcare professional, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nurse. Not yet, unfortunately. But... This is just done from my own research and understanding, and the information is told in a simple way to understand so that you are more informed about the disease. This first episode is going to be about heart attacks. So first I'm going to be explaining everything about a heart attack, the biology side of it, and then later there's going to be a segment where I actually interviewed Hannah Lippman from the Heart Foundation. It's a foundation in the U.S. I'm going to be talking about that more later on, Um, but you should go check them out. The resources and uh, links to that foundation will be in the show notes, but that's going to be later on. First, I'm going to be explaining what, what is a heart attack. symptoms so the biggest red flag for a heart attack is chest pain this one is pretty obvious you could probably imagine chest pain is uh, a symptom of a heart attack but there are there are others there's other forms of discomfort in the chest area so it can feel heavy it can feel like it's burning or there's pressure there or something is like squeezing it there's a, there can be upper body discomfort in your arms, your back, your neck, your jaw, your shoulders. Um, you can be sweating. You can have difficulty in breathing. You can be nauseous, lightheadedness. Some disclaimers or things to keep in mind about the symptoms of a heart attack. So because we're all different, we all have different medical histories symptoms are going to vary from person to person so symptoms might not always be severe or happen super quickly some people might not even experience any chest pain and some might just have it but have it very mildly some people may only experience one symptoms others have a handful of different combinations but if you or anyone around you is experiencing any symptoms stay calm Call 911, stop what you're doing, lie down, sit down. If your doctor has prescribed you any medication for your heart or blood because you have a history of heart problems, take the normal dosage of that drug. If you can, take aspirin, wait for professionals. But in men and women, there are different ways that myocardial infarctions can show up in symptoms. So women can have the quote, classic Hollywood heart attack. So that's when you you see like you your pain in your chest area is so overwhelming that you just want to clutch your chest and it's so heavy that and it's very instant so that's the 
type that women can also have. If the pain is less severe or if they have a non-pain-related symptom like difficulty in breathing or nausea, it is more likely that the care that they need will get delayed. And once, and if they do get emergency care, they're much less likely to get good and fast treatment compared to the men that get heart attack. A study by researchers from Sydney, Australia actually showed that, quote, women diagnosed with a common type of heart attack or the condition unstable angina received less evidence-based treatment than men, both immediately and in long term. And unfortunately, that's sad to hear, but it's the truth. Okay, risk factors. So who is at risk to get a myocardial infarction? When you think about someone who's at risk, you maybe might think of an elderly person who has had heart problems in the past or maybe they're overweight. But in all honesty, anyone can get this. Like if you are young, you can still get it. There are many cases where young people still get heart attacks. So I'm going to talk about risk factors that you can control. So yes, this is the time where I'm going to talk about developing healthy lifestyles, eating healthy, whatever. I won't take long though, I promise. So some things that you can control that'll lower your risk of heart disease. Smoking, high blood pressure, unhealthy weight, high cholesterol, diabetes, metabolic syndrome. This is basically when you have a combination of unhealthy blood pressure and high blood sugar with unhealthy weight. Not enough exercise, stress, stress is a big one. Drug use, drug use such as like cocaine, heroin. So risk factors that you can't control. These things are out of your control. Unfortunately, you can't control any of them, but they're there. So your age, as I mentioned, as your age increases, so does your risk. Your family history, if people in your family have had heart attacks at a young age, you're at risk. Medical history, if you had autoimmune diseases in the past. Another one is indigenous heritage. So I'll talk about this for a little bit. This is really unfortunate that just because someone is indigenous that they are more more likely to get a heart attack. I'll explain why. This this even happens because in Canada it's not secret that indigenous people have been treated badly because of systemic racism it's more likely for indigenous people to smoke and not be able to have a healthy lifestyle because of the conditions that they're put in. So that's why their risk goes up. So your your environment, this also goes with the risk that I just mentioned, but your circumstances that you're in can play a huge part. Now I'm gonna talk about different causes. Okay, now I'm gonna talk about different causes of a myocardial infarction. As I've mentioned, Most of the time, it happens when arteries that your blood uses to travel to the heart gets blocked and the heart can't get oxygen. But the most common way is that the arteries get blocked is when someone has atherosclerosis. That is when your cholesterol gets so high that plaque builds up on the inside wall of an artery. So that can make the arteries harden and it can even become narrowed and blocked. An artery can also burst open and make the blood around it start to clot. The blood clots can become bigger and this is how the blood can get blocked from going to the heart. Heart attacks can also happen when a coronary artery spasms. 
So when this happens, it can lead to a tightening of that artery specifically. Something that can cause a big factor that can cause spasms like these are recreational drugs like cocaine, heroin. It can be a common misconception that heart attacks and cardiac arrests are the same thing. They are not the same thing. The easiest way to explain the difference is that a heart attack can lead to a cardiac arrest. A cardiac arrest is also known as a cardiopulmonary arrest, but in a heart attack, the heart is still bleeding, the blood in the body is still flowing, the person is still alive. In a cardiac arrest, the heart stops beating, the person is responding, the blood has stopped flowing, and the person is dying. So a myocardial infarction needs attention as soon as possible, but doesn't need CPR yet. If it turns into a cardiopulmonary arrest, then CPR is required. Angina is also something that can be confused with a heart attack, but angina is just a medical term for chest pain. It can go away temporarily with medication and rest, but it is a warning sign that tells you that your risk of a heart attack is going up. yes, here's part two of me talking about being healthy and how you can lower your risk, blah, blah, blah. But it's important. So these are lifestyle changes that are recommended and that can be implemented into your life. So don't smoke, be active, eat a well-balanced diet, manage stress, drink less alcohol. Your doctor will also give you recommendations on what you can do. But recovering from a heart attack can be very daunting but it can be done. One of the biggest ways you can recover is by going into cardiac rehab. So cardiac rehab is a program that includes counseling, education, and exercise to help you recover from a heart attack. It can also help you reduce your risk of developing heart disease in the future. Your doctor can tell you what option of recovery is best for you, but getting a myocardial infarction can also increase the chance of you getting heart failure in the future. Heart failure is just when the heart stops being strong enough to be able to pump through your blood successfully and function properly. This is why patients need to continue to monitor and check in their conditions of their heart after getting a heart attack because it can lead to heart failure. Getting a heart attack can also impact your mental health. It can be very scary. Um, to try and return to normal life after getting one. But just reach out to your friends and family if you are having trouble with that. But that's it. Um, I made it through my part of this episode. That was the lowdown of what is a heart attack, the symptoms, the general information about heart disease. Now I'm going to be passing it on to an interview that I had with Hannah Lippman from the Heart Foundation. And I interviewed her and she was, she was very nice. So Hannah, I know you're listening to this. Um, Thank you for letting me interview you. But the link to their website is going to be in the show notes. So enjoy the interview. So they 
nice to meet you. It's so nice to meet you too. So remind me, how old are you, Coltage? I'm 15. You're 15 and you're starting your own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited that you asked us to be a part of this. This is so great. No, of course. I'm so glad that you guys got back to me. It's it's an honor getting to just spend a few minutes talking about oh, this. Yes, thank you. Um, so can you tell me just a little bit about your podcast? So this, this is the first episode that I'm working on. Um, I started off um, as a school project, but it's something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. Great. Have you ever listened to the podcast, this podcast? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I'm obsessed with that entire network of podcasts. They're so great. Me too. Oh, that's so cool. I love that you have such an interest in this. It's so fantastic. Thank you so it's much. It's so rare for someone who's like a teenager. That doesn't happen, so... <laughs> Congratulations, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. All right, well, if you don't mind, I'm going to start. Go for it. Okay, so why do you think it's important for people to know more information about heart disease? Um, why do you think someone should be able to spot if someone that they know is having a heart attack? It's definitely important for people to know, uh, to have knowledge about heart disease because heart disease is the number one cause of death for both women and men in the United States and around the world. Um, but at the same time, nearly 80% of cardiovascular diseases are preventable. So as long as somebody can gain the knowledge of their personal health history, of their personal kind of um, genetic background, of what are the proper heart healthy decisions for them, they truly could defy those odds and not fall into that statistic of becoming you know, one of the over 600,000 people who die every single year in the United States alone from heart disease. This doesn't happen every single time somebody has a heart attack, but it is not uncommon for someone to go into cardiac arrest after having a heart attack. And cardiac arrest is when your heart stops. Hmm. And it is so important to pay attention to symptoms such as uh, pain or lump, numbness on the left side, shortness of breath. Obviously, chest pain is everyone's favorite symptom to think about when they think of a heart attack. But jaw discomfort, shoulder discomfort, all of these things are symptoms of a heart attack. And the reason why it's so important to be aware of them is that you need to call 911 as quickly as possible so that they can get a medical professional to you. Or if somebody does go into cardiac arrest and or if somebody does go into cardiac arrest, if you are able to quickly and properly administer CPR to keep the blood flowing through that person's body, you can double or even triple their chance of survival. So it's very important to understand what the signs and symptoms are and then immediately spring into action um, by calling 911, by keeping an eye on that person, and then if they do go into cardiac arrest, knowing how to respond with CPR. And again, if you call 911, that 911 operator is going to be your best friend because they will be able to walk you through every single step of the way while getting an ambulance to you at the same time. So, yeah, how does your foundation help people? Like, where donations go? Sure. Yeah. So, our foundation, we actually just celebrated our 25th year. We've been around for 25 Congratulations. Years. Thank you. Yeah, very, very exciting. It's kind of a bittersweet thing. We were definitely born out of a tragedy um, a 35-year-old man named Steve Cohen died very suddenly of a heart attack while he was playing basketball with his friends. I'm 32, so that's not far, you know, much older than me. And I definitely don't feel like 
as much as heart disease is my life, it's my work. I definitely don't feel like, yeah, this would make sense for, no, it never feels like it's going to be you, especially when you're that young. Um, and so when he did, when he died, his friends and his family and his community wanted to, number one, keep his legacy living on, but number two, spread awareness of the importance of heart health and the prevalence of heart disease because nobody thinks that when they're young they need to worry about it. But again, a lot of cardiovascular diseases are preventable by lifestyle alone. And so it's very important to have that knowledge. Um, so a lot of our time and energy goes into spreading awareness of the importance of heart health and of heart disease. And then we also support research happening at Cedar sinai under the direction of cardiologist Dr. P.K. Shaw. He is a brilliant, world-renowned cardiologist. And Cedar sinai is one of the top three uh, cardiovascular hospitals in the country. So we're very proud to support his research. Okay, that's awesome. Um, so how can others help out people that are listening to this? Maybe my classmates who are listening. Um, where can they donate? How can they help out? Sure, so you can always head to theheartfoundation.org and there are opportunities there for you to donate, uh, for you to gain more knowledge. You can also find us on our social media platforms at The Heart Foundation um, or on YouTube, we are, uh, we are Heart Foundation USA. And um, those are great ways for you to share our content, learn more yourself, maybe tag your friends or family and things that you feel like you would like for them to um, have an understanding of, and you can also donate on all of those platforms as well. Um, as far as in person, like volunteering right now, you know, things are a little yeah. touch and go with everything going on with COVID-19, but um, there are definitely normally opportunities for people to volunteer in person. And that we, we just had kind of have to play with that by ear. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. Uh, this has been really cool. Thank you for being the first person that I'm interviewing for this Yay! podcast. It's so awesome. I'm so honored. And I can't wait to hear this episode when it comes out. I'll send it to you. I'll send you the links and everything. Will you? Yes, Please. I will. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. You have a really good day. You too. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye. Bye.